Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium, and specifically, Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code ifstories10. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 137 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Tiffany Sales. Tiffany lives in Gasden, Alabama, where she is an elementary school counselor and also a college professor. Welcome, Tiffany. Welcome. Hello. I'm so glad to see you today. You know, I love talking to everybody, but I really love to talk to anyone in the school profession, especially elementary school, because that's where my heart is after 28 years in the classroom. That is commendable. And I love the teachers. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I had the best job in the school. 
I don't know, counselors are pretty awesome too, right? You get to do a lot of great things. You get to really make a difference in the lives of the kids. Yes, ma'am. Do they make you do all the testing, a lot of the testing stuff? Our school counselors had to. Fortunately, we've moved mostly online testing. So the administration, the paperwork portion, yes, but most of the testing is completed online. So yay. Well, that's good. That's good. (laughs) Well, you know, I like to start the the show by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? The very short, I would say the title of my story is The Ledge. The Ledge. The Ledge. Yes, ma'am. In December 2017, it was a few weeks before my 40th birthday, which is New Year's. And I just had a, I'm not sure, I was overwhelmed, pretty much like a breakdown. I think I realized that the time that I had before me, maybe less than the time behind me, and I had the revelation that I had limited minutes left and I wanted to make them count. But being lost in my several roles, I realized that I felt stuck, I felt lost, and I knew that if I wanted my latter years to be better, I had to rediscover myself and find myself. And so that was pretty much that turning point because it, in that moment, I knew that I couldn't survive at that at the place that I was in. I think that's huge. You do get to that point where you realize, oh my gosh, I've done more than there is still to come. That that you know, I'm 51, so. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, may I, I can live to be 102, right? Yes, we can. <laughs> we can do it. But, you know, getting our, getting control of our health is the best way to make the rest of our life count. I love how you said that. Yes. So I've always been overweight, just to give the, the backstory. I can remember numbers. I know a lot of the other persons who've been on remember, but I remember in fifth grade, it's going to blow your mind. I was 188 pounds. I was five foot six. And I remember because our PE teacher would weigh and measure us each semester and she would announce it. And there wasn't any shame. I remember in ninth grade, I was 203 pounds. I remember that vividly. In 12th grade, I was 257 pounds. When I married in 2003, I was 285 pounds. And that became my normal. I have no sad story, honestly. Um, No body shame, no fat diets. I learned early on to fully love myself. And I have to kind of discuss that process. Now, mind you, with my stats, my numbers, my mom is five foot one. She was about 125 pounds pretty much most of my life. My dad is five foot seven, 160 pounds. And I am 5'11. Okay. And so I was kind of like the Amazon of the family. My sister had one sister. She was small and petite as well. So she was light skinned, curly hair, beautiful. I was dark skinned, round and cute. I rarely heard the word beautiful described you know, as far as words that describe myself. So I did realize early that I didn't fit society's norm of beautiful and not even in my own culture. So I had to pretty much create what beauty meant for me. I I, I love that right there more than more than anything. But I also love that you didn't feel any body shame growing up. I did not. And I'm not sure why my mom did. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. But she did. I think wanted to protect me. So she was all about wearing girdles and sucking it in. But it was never to shame me. It was more so, I guess, that I would be acceptable to other people. But again, I had to realize that, hey, 
I'm not the standard of beauty. And so what is beauty really to me? I rejected wearing the girls. Uh, we fought back and forth. I, I just wanted to be me. <laughs> They're awful too. They're so bad. Men, be glad you've never worn them. They're the worst. They are the worst. I think they disorganize your intestines anyway. Yeah. Um, and I, as you can see, because you can see me, I have, I was born with darker circles around my eyes. My my paternal grandmother had those as well. So she wanted me to wear concealer and makeup and I refused. And I later realized that you can't heal from what you conceal. And maybe oh, that's what I, I was that. doing at that time was like, I need to let them see this is me. This is me. So either you like it or you don't. You can't heal what you conceal. Can't that is conceal. fabulous. I'm writing it down. (laughs) (laughs) I have sticky notes to write your wisdom down as well. Awesome. That's beautiful. So moving forward, I spent a lot of time with my paternal grandmother growing up. She was about 310 pounds. So next to me, she was the the only large person I remember in my family. She wore a size 13 shoe, but she was in great health. She struggled with her mental health, but physically there weren't a lot of issues. She grew up as a sharecropper working in the field. So maybe that helped her with her physique. She taught me the joy of eating food and plenty of it. Good food. Never fast food. Always home-cooked meals. And, you know, we're Southern. Yes. So, you know, I'm yes. sure you know, my, my grandmama, both sides, they lived in rural South Carolina. And things would come in out of the fields and we would eat them, right? Yes. Every Corn, day. fresh grown out of the garden. Yeah. Fresh. She would cook cornbread and something every day. If it was just, it may have been beans with me, but I grew up watching her and um, her weight didn't seem to really hinder her from what I can remember. And so I had a lot of memories cooking with her, eating with her. And truly, I didn't see her weight become an issue until her 70s when she had a fall. And because of her weight, she was not able to return home. She had to go into the nursing home for care just because it would be too much. And so then I realized, well, hey, maybe that isn't the healthiest. But I love, I just real quickly wanted to reference Lisa Glick, episode mm-hmm. 121. I loved her transparency about mental health because, again, and us removing that stigma because my grandmother was the epitome of mental health challenges and living with the stigma. Moving forward, the misconceptions that I saw about being overweight, whether it was on TV or in society, was that overweight people can often be characterized as fat, immobile, and lazy overeaters. However, I played basketball. I was in the marching band. I was very, I've always been very active. Even now, I work out about 360 minutes a week. That's just for my mental health. I just do that because I enjoy it. I physically stayed healthy and active. I ate well. I've never liked fast food. And I was really, really scared to try diets for some reason. I think because I grew up watching my mom do all kinds of things to her body. Did she? She did those diets? Oh, every diet. She had to stay within this certain number. And I remember saying, Mama, you're so little. And she was like, it's what feels good for me. Right. And she worked hard at that. She didn't just live freely. It didn't happen naturally. Very hard. And so I was afraid to fall into that bondage. So I really never tried it. Plus, from what I could see in my family, most of them were more concerned about a number on the scale rather than their outer image and a number on the scale and their outer image rather than their internal piece. Right. And I knew early on, like, "Mm, if I had to choose, I'll take a healthier inside, not realizing that both are important. Right. I love how you said you didn't want to fall into that bondage because that is such a good way of putting it because so much of my adult life was 
in that bondage of diets, looking for the, the next best diet. Got to train my body down, get that weight off, beat my body into submission kind of thought. Yeah. Yes. That just wasn't a way that I wanted to live. Right. I also resented the effects that I saw that their life sales borrow as far as, you know, their bodies, again, may have had a certain number on the scale, but they it didn't seem to be healthy. And I just learned that if it's beyond the look and the size. I wanted to feel great and look good in the body that I was in, in the skin that I was in. So back to the ledge, I've been working out for about six months and the weight was starting to increase. I guess it's again, nearing that 40. And I had started a, a workout regimen and my weight continues to creep up. I was balancing the two full-time careers, counseling and college instruction with marriage and three young daughters and very, very, very little support. I had just started counseling around the same time and just to clear the clutter and find balance. And I was learning how to love the new me and my many roles. Of course, this brought about several issues that brought a lot of issues to surface that needed to be addressed. And during that time, my counselor was able to help me move from surviving because I was barely surviving to thriving by helping me to only focus on what I could control. That's huge. Yes, that was the epiphany for me. Um, And that's where I gained my power. That's where I regained my power. So through much research, I found Dr. Andreas on Diet Doctor. Oh, yeah. Have you And, and through I'm, Diet I'm Doctor, yeah. I became acquainted with Dr. Fong. So I watched a lot of his videos. I enjoyed all that he shared. So I gave the LCHF lifestyle a try. And initially it worked. The weight started coming off quickly, but I soon discovered that that lifestyle was not sustainable for me. And for um, anybody who, who may not know um, what Tiffany's talking about, LCHF is low carb, high fat. And it, you're right. It, it was not sustainable for me. Did you feel good while you were doing it? I didn't feel my best. And I me felt neither. like if I ate another egg, I was going to like explode. <laughs> but yeah, And I love eggs too. <laughs> and I do too. Right. Yeah. But I like to eat them on my own terms. I was tired of egg pizza. Everything had an egg base, but um, I know it works for some. Just wasn't sustainable for me. And I remember going to my doctor about six months in and my numbers, like I've never had cholesterol issues or anything and they were up. So they kind of scared me. Well, soon after that, I just feel like God led me to your blog. Um, I found your Facebook blog and this was probably 2019. And I, you weren't really um, updating as much because you had the right. Facebook group. So found the group and I found the late on and I ordered it. Everybody's story, read it in like a day, loved it. Oh, and yeah. I said, I've got to do this. So although I read it, shared it, had bought uh, copies for other people, I didn't commit to it until 20, January 2020. So that's why I want to schedule it for this time because it would have been a year. It's a year. Yeah, because <laughs> we're recording this in early January and you just had your birthday. I, I did. So it was like a dream come true. I loved it. it. It's just, I just love your presentation, the simplicity and the transparency. I loved right. it. So. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, responsibly sourced proteins, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that fit in beautifully to my cleanish lifestyle, and the food is totally window-worthy. Tonight, we're having barbecue sweet potato tacos with cabbage and carrot slaw, black beans, corn, and cheesy tortillas, and they come with Green Chef's chimichurri sauce. 
so good. Go to greenchef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. That's really exciting. And, you know, I didn't start immediately when I first found, well, I, I I would dabble in it, but it didn't, you know, from my story, it didn't become a lifestyle until, you know, five years after the first time I heard of it. So you were a lot faster than me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I needed to, a change and I saw the right? change that it, because it, I'm one, make me a believer. Anyone can have short-term success, but because of your, your success, your ongoing success, and not only that, your willingness to share everything to help us and equip us that meant a lot and it was worth following well that's what teachers do right yes and you're an amazing teacher <laughs> thank you, for thank us. you. So I had worked over two years to get my emotions uh, balanced in counseling, and then DDD came along to help make my best better. Um, I feel like I was in a good place, but it made things even better for me. And I also had an overwhelming appreciation for my body because I realized truly through reading and just more research that my body never failed me, even with me carrying this surplus weight my entire life. I mean, against all odds, I've had three babies, gestational diabetes mm-hmm. with each of those babies. I'm, my last baby was 12 pounds. Because of that, my endocrinologist was like baffled. Like, I don't understand why you don't have diabetes. He just, he could never understand it. 12 but pounds? I, your baby was 12 pounds? I'm like, my pro- last baby. <laughs> Big, big baby. That was a big baby. (laughs) Very big. All C-sections, let me say that. (laughs) But he couldn't understand. And I just told him, I remember telling him, I said, it's grace. I said, but it's time for me to, I've got to make some changes. But you were never diabetic. Never diabetic beyond, no, never, never high blood pressure. Wow. Never any diagnosis beyond obesity. That's always my diagnosis. You were, you were 285 pounds when you got married, you said. In 2003, is that right? Yeah, 2003. Was that the highest your weight got to? No, ma'am. I pretty much balanced 285. That was like my set weight. Although okay. I know that wasn't my ideal or body weight, I pretty much maintained 285 until before my alleged experience. And that's oh. when my weight just started to creep and I hit okay. 300 for the first time. Okay. So when I committed to the IF lifestyle, I was right at 320. Okay. Four. And that is the highest, even higher than all my pregnancies. Right. Okay. So again, not want to take the grace that I feel like I have been given for my body um, for granted. I wanted to make that change. My labs were always good. 
I even coordinated our school weight loss competition every year. So did you ever win? Never won because I won. I was I was doing crazy things, but we had one. I I did it and I won that year. No, I mainly would do it diet. because. I was the largest person at my school and I would tell them, hey, if I could do it, you can do it. So and I would be transparent. I would weigh myself in front of them and say, hey, it can't be worse than this, you know, just to get some people on board. Right. I'm just always an encourager. So I just learned over time that I wanted to live my best life in my best body and that I wanted to be healthier. I wanted to prevent things that I probably should have already had. But I feel like I've been given the opportunity to start being more proactive in my health. So, right. And I had to take the advice that I often give my students. Um, I, I serve low income students. Um, and I always tell them it's not about how you start, but how you finish. So again, looking at my life and thinking, okay, I've had these years to pass. Let me make every minute count moving forward. And so I feel like I found my light and I wanted to shine it. So Every um every day in my school, because I told you I'm a school counselor, we say an affirmation. All the students they know it, and um if I could share it, it's like oh, please do. Seconds. We did that at my elementary school <laughs> where, I, where I finished up, but I would love to hear yours. But it's called I Shine, and so it's I'm happy being me because I love who I am. I'm a light created to shine daily, doing all that I can to rise from every challenge and illuminate the way. Oh. I am special and unique. I can proudly say I have no time for trouble, a bright future I must achieve at Oscar Adams. The sky is the limit. And that's what I believe. I love that. I had to remind myself of that because we say it every day. My students have learned that I created it, but I had to remember that I was meant to shine. And the best way to shine is to be your best self. And so I found your IF stories in addition to the book. I found the IF stories during the pandemic. Right when pandemic time hit, I started doing more outdoor walking and exercise and I found it and I listened to every single one of them. And not only did I listen, I write their name, the episode, and I would write any nuggets that I could take away from them. Oh, and do then, you have those written down now? I would love to hear some of your favorites. I know um, you mentioned Lisa Glick. It's, if you don't have that in front of you, that's okay. I, I have it. It's nearby because it's, it was like my Bible during the shutdown portion of the quarantine. Oh, yeah. But um, Lisa Glick, was that was a recent one. But during quarantine, um, I love every episode. Uh, There's every- always something. Every person has a uniqueness. And I take stuff away every time. And every um, time. yeah. I love it. I'm trying to get to that little section. But very, Barb, of course, oh, I love episode Barb. three. And it's never too late. No timeline because it's lifelong. I love that. I mean, I could give you something from each one, but I'm gonna look for ones that I have a lot of highlights. Donna Doobie, I love 13. Donna. Yeah, I just I loved her book and and I looked into her book, so I appreciated that. Brian Green, uh huh. Episode 19. He just talked about the importance of coffee because I wasn't sold into that. Lisa Braun. Right. I just like, again, the resources. I love when you have people on who can provide resources. And so she had eatingfatisnewskinny.com. Right. I visited their website, got just just constantly looking for information. I can see the notebook. I love, I love it. See, you're, you're like me. I love to take notes. I love to write things down. Yes. I love to get nuggets and keep them. <laughs> That's the teacher in us. Yes. It's the free PD. It's beautiful. It's like, all of this, and it's free. <laughs> it's free. So yes. Powell Hunter, he says, stop thinking about it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. I love that. There's a lot. There's so many. Matt and Lori Jones. Episodes oh, yeah, they were awesome. 
they gave me the idea about using a belt to measure. Never right. thought about that. I would fight with my measuring tape. And I was like, a belt, that's yeah. consistent. There's no changing in that. So Chantel Ray, she talked about the ideal blood sugar. That's been a concern with my diabetes prevention. I love Paul Brody. With right. He gave us the information about writing a book. Yes. So I enjoyed that. Yes, because he gave us the real website. And that's something I would desire to do in the future. But a lot of them, but I know lately, I would say past the 100s, my favorite, I must say this, Rachel Nicotti. I love Rachel. She had the most. Yeah. She was, when I say her interview was just, she was elated the entire time. I could hear her excitement and this lifestyle. And so I do follow her some as well on YouTube and I watch her, I subscribe to her channel just her, but just, just a plethora of information. So I'm grateful for everyone's story, but I love the ones over the 100s. Quite a few here lately have been about mental health. And that's important to me because I feel like that's something I've kind of struggled with. Um, I have a family history of it. And so more important to me than physical health or just as important is the mental health right. portion. So so I journal those episodes. I continue to do that. I use the information to make adjustments, keep a thorough assessment of my data as far as my blood sugars, my weight, my exercise times, just all of those things to see how I need to adjust. So that's again, a teacher too. We've, <laughs> we've been, yeah, for people who are not in education, we have been very data driven for the past, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years, I don't know. And Everything and the data became more and more important. So every decision was was led by data. So you're putting that in your personal life. So how has your data changed? Oh, it's changed significantly. When I started monitoring my uh, fasting glucose, still don't have one of the monitors yet, but the continuous monitors. But I do check it daily. It started off in the 90, 91, and that's going towards pre-diabetic. So since that time, I've had. Since over this past year, I've had, I've seen as low as 60 something, but it pretty much falls within the 70s. And that's been consistent. Um, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. Although my labs were good, I go every spring to, to I save that data. And my numbers had decreased in other areas as well. I have that right now. But I know even like my fasting, uh, my A1C was lower. It was probably from like a 5.7 to maybe down to a 5.2. So awesome. anything that's diabetes related, that that's my targeted area. And I'm looking forward to getting a, a insulin. An insulin I test. You talked about that, yes. The, yeah. To get the, to see what the, or I guess running insulin level is. But that's changed significantly during this time. How about your weight? How's your weight done? People always want to know. Yes. Well, and with my weight, and again, your podcast has helped with that because you've had from every spectrum, but I've I've lost, and I want to say only, I've lost 24 pounds, and that's about two a month. Of course, that wasn't what ideally I set out to do. I wanted to just see below 300. That was my initial goal, but then I wanted to keep going. So I lost about 16 pounds quickly, and then the pandemic came, and I pretty much, I probably have lost... 70 pounds. I, I was probably losing and gaining the same oh, pounds back and right. forth during the pandemic. At one point, I stopped weighing because I just wanted to focus on my overall health. But the last time I weighed, I was down. At, I was like at 298. Oh, awesome. yay. Congratulations. Yes. yes. But I've lost um, much of my breast. 
off my back and my bottom. And I had to get beyond that as well because people would say, oh my gosh, Tiffany, you look so good how much you lost. And I know for most people who don't know this world, it's like 20 pounds or 20. Yeah, so they're wanting to say 60 pounds instead yeah. of like 24 pounds. Say, <laughs> you know, it's not as much as you think, but I'll say I've lost my body transformation has made a great difference. Um, my my clothing size has went, I went from like a 22, 24 to where I could wear some 18, some 16. Wow. My, That's I huge. My, with the, my breasts, my, I went from a, some double Ds to a C cup. My back rolls are diminishing. I know that was something Rachel talked about. Right. Was like, hey, when you're fasting, let your body eat its fat rolls. I mean, so my back rolls have really almost disappeared. So I've seen a lot of difference in my body, a competition. Awesome. So, yes. See, so you just feel better moving through the I day. I feel amazing. I feel, I mean, even I started that little over 40, the little creaks and crooks that everybody talked about. And I was like, oh, that won't happen to me. That started. But since <laughs> I've been um, IFing and no, I feel great. Like I can jump up every morning. My children are like, mama, I'm like I have to because I hit the gym first thing. So the way I feel it means it's incredible. And no number on the scale can dictate that. Now, I do plan to, to continue the process for forever. So I know in time I'll see I'm waiting for my major whoosh one day. But I know that consistency <laughs> is the key. Right. I know. That. So, yes. And this is the first time I've been consistent on any kind of, I guess, weight loss program. Like I've exercised, but on something that involves eating and the time, the, the structure eating. So what does the day look like for you? What's your routine? Pretty much I, I do. It varies from 19.5 or 24. At school, you know, when we hit school, we're running. So oh, yeah. I could easily go into lunchtime. I could really go beyond lunchtime, but I find it better sometimes depending on my weeks. The lunchtime works better for me. So I open my window at lunch and then I'll eat an early maybe smaller dinner when I get home with my family. Sometimes I may have a later lunch and I may, that may be it for the day. So it varies, but typically 19, 5, 24, especially when y'all talked about that being the sweet spot where right. the, the increased fat burns. So not always as consistent as I, was like, if I, as I would like, but over the holidays, I pretty much did a reset to make sure I stayed on track because that's a, that's just a tricky time. So well, it is, it is, you know, um, <laughs> There were a couple days where I had early breakfast <laughs> over the holidays. I had um, my co-host, Sherry Bullock. She was also on this podcast, but she's on the Life Lessons podcast with me. Have you found that community yet, by the way? Life Lessons community? Before y'all, when you, that's the one that y'all started in December? Yeah, well, I think we started, the the podcast started in December, but the community we opened up in October. But Oh, no. But I did listen on the, zero. On the, Okay, well, join us in the Facebook community. It's Life Lessons Community. Or actually, the Facebook community is called Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry. But the website is lifelessonscommunity.com. But we have the podcast there. But um, where was I going with that? Oh, <laughs> Sherry and her husband came and visited for New Year's Eve. And but she's from Alabama. She lives um, Rainbow City, Alabama. Yeah, she works in, um, in a hospital in Birmingham or the Birmingham area. But she... They were here and her husband, you know, was I was, we we're going to make breakfast. I was like, all right, making breakfast for her, her husband and my husband. It was mid mid morning. And, you know, I was making grits and butter and cheese, you know, Southern, Southern breakfast and eggs. And Sherry said, 
I think I would like to go ahead and open my window. I'm like, all right, me too. <laughs> so just That's like awesome. that, we all four of us sat down and had that late breakfast and it was worth it. Yes. I love the flexibility and freedom that the lifestyle, it gives it again, just back to my mom and her bondage and my family and just the focus on being skinny and small. My maternal grandmother, she suffered a massive stroke. She's small at age 56, where she pretty much wow. lived physically handicapped until her death 20 years later. My maternal grandfather died of a massive heart attack at 55. Wow. And my mom and dad, they have major health issues concerning diabetes. And again, neither of them were ever overweight. And so I've just being immersed in that world and just seeing there's so much more than a number. The number is important, but overall health is key. So, yeah, so that's what I do what I do because I feel like I have been fortunate and to prevent any further damage to my body that maybe the excessive weight has caused and to avoid any diagnosis. And then I also want to expand my reach through educating myself so that I can also do what you do and that's share the process with others. Because that's what we do again as teachers. We we share what we know and we we multiply it throughout the world. So we, we can't keep quiet when we <laughs> when we have found something that works. Teachers also like to borrow from one another and make it our own and then re-deliver it. Yes. So you mentioned you'd like to write a book one day. I would in, in time. Right now I just write devotions. And right. I believe eventually they'll come together to be something greater, but it's more so just kind of the way I journalize my journey. When you're ready, send me an email and remind me that we talked about this because, you know, self-publishing is there for everybody. You can self-publish, put it out there, and it doesn't cost a thing with technology now. Yeah. My, you know, Delay Don't Deny was completely self-published. I did it all by myself. I didn't pay a penny to anybody for that. And, and, you know, so you can do it. Thank you. Thank you. Technology is the great equalizer where that's concerned. That's wonderful. And I'm excited. I do feel like we're the author of our stories and right? it's up to us to, and we're writing it daily. Yes. And that's what I love about um, your podcast is you give everyone an opportunity to verbalize, even if it's a small portion of our story to encourage and uplift others. So thank you. Truly. Thank you for that. Even more so than the Facebook, because for me, they got a little overwhelming. I could I use it for the search. I love right. the search. I love to be able anything I needed to know. But I enjoy the the intimacy of the podcast because I feel like it's me, you, and the the person you're speaking with. And that's right, right. So um, I appreciate that. So, what do you struggle with from day to day? Do you have any any struggles related to the lifestyle? I think the biggest struggle is it's being just self compassionate. That's a word that I learned here recently. Showing that compassion that I give to everybody else, to myself, knowing that it is a process. And when it was nearing my year, I think some anxiety was coming because I was like, I want to be able to say that I've lost this amount because I know that's important to some people. But I said, no, Tiffany, this is your journey. You've carried 250 plus pounds for the last 30 years of your life or, you know, 25 years. It's okay. Give yourself time. So Extending grace to myself consistently, letting myself know it's okay, but not using it as an excuse to to not be consistent. So consistency used to be my main struggle, but because of the, again, the simplicity of the lifestyle, that's no longer as much of the struggle as it is being okay with the results of that consistency, knowing that I've never done this before. And so that's probably my biggest struggle and being 
I can't say because I try different things. I've done the ELF for like I used to do a monthly kind of change up because one of the one of your guests mentioned just change it up, keep changing it up. And so I've tried different ones, but I, my sweet spot, as you say, is the being able to eat daily and having just that targeted time to eat. So not not many struggles, just being patient on yep. continued results. Have you played around with your food choices at all? Or you said you don't eat a lot of fast food. You don't like to eat that. I have. I know one of my um, the areas that I will probably see even more growth is with sweets, of course, added yeah. sugars. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big sweet eater. Like I would love to eat a soul food meal every day. Uh-huh. But we have this, this program called Naturally Slim. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but they offered us through our insurance program basically to participate. And the first three weeks, they it's it's almost like it's incorporating principles of IF, right? But they don't call it that because okay. it's talking about eating at a level. Make sure you're only eating level three, but it was saying to avoid added sugars. And mm-hmm. when I did that for three weeks, I lost 10 pounds. Wow. Like that. But then as soon as I slowly incorporated that bag, I kind of went back and maintained where I was. So I right. know that I need to work on that. <laughs> Drink those foods a little bit. That's that's the hardest lesson. I'm I'm learning that even still today. I um I took part. Have you read Fast Feast Repeat? Did you read that one? Yes. Okay. Yes, ma'am. You know, I talked in there about um, the Predict Two study, the Predict One and Predict Two, where they figure out what foods work well for your body. And I took part in the Predict Three study and got the results back and was very upset <laughs> when I realized my body does not clear fat well. That made me so disappointed because, you know, I love a big baked potato with lots of butter, right? Well, it explained why um, keto and low-carb, high-fat were not right for me. My body doesn't clear the fat well. So I, I committed to, you know, since I've talked about this since Feast Without Fear in 2017 about personalized nutrition, and I've never you know, I finally just did the study and I got the data back. I'm like, well, I have to live it. I have to try to live it because why go through the trouble of getting the data and not trying to do it? So I started January 1st and I'm, I'm following their eating recommendations just to see, you know, how I feel. And it, it's hard to change what you're eating. It is. Because yesterday I, it was the third day. We're recording this on January 4th and I have to use their app and plug everything in. And I had too much butter and then it was like mad at me. <laughs> oh, so it does give you feedback. Yeah, it was oh like goodness. eat less fat. It brings your score down. You have it. It personalizes your um, in the app your all of the foods, you know, based on your gut microbiome, the way your blood glucose responded, the way you cleared your blood fats. I mean, they tested everything. And um, you, ha- I have to. You can't have for me. My body does not clear the fat well, and that leads to inflammation. And so, you know, every other time in my life when I changed what I was eating, it was to lose weight. But that's not my motivation right now. My motivation, you know, I I don't need to lose weight. I'm at a a great weight. My motivation is, gosh, if eating these foods that don't work well for my body is leading to increased inflammation, I probably should work on that. So, So I'm tweaking my foods right now. And I was a little last night grouchy about it with my husband. I'm like, <laughs> what can I eat now? <laughs> I just went ahead some tomatoes and closed my window. <laughs> and he was like, aren't you supposed to delay, not deny? I'm like, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> yes, I definitely know I need to. And I that was one of my goals for January because every month I have a support group. It's just three of us where we hold each other accountable and we set monthly weight health goals 
we just support each other in any way that we can. And so mine was um, my really the only sweet that I really indulge in is paydays. Like I've become addicted to them because I love nuts. And so, hey, there's I could eat healthy nuts without the caramel and all of that. So <laughs> and now that I have a year of consistency, because consistency is always I would start and I would stop. Then I start and I would say, oh, I'm fine. But once I hit that 300 mark, I said no, because I can see how. It, especially as we get older and the hormones and everything that's working against us, how it's a slow creep if you allow it. And I just, I just want, so there are some changes that I need to make, but I have to do it. Yeah. Step by, by step and at your own pace. Now I do have a, you know, a dessert for you to try. Get dates. I know you've heard me talk about dates. Get some, some dried dates, get the kind without the pits. If you, they're easier to work with. If you have the pit, you can, you know, eat around them, but they're a little more difficult, but spread a little natural peanut butter on those dates. And it is, you're going to like that better than any payday. Wow. I'm try gonna, I heard you said a lot about dates. So I really I want need you to try it. It's really, really good. <laughs> Thank you. So I will, I'm going to make those, those tweaks. And that's, that's something that I put down as a goal. And I've done well, have birthday cake or anything. Not that I couldn't if I wanted, but trying to start the year again on just a continue healthy trajectory. So. Well, you know, as you know, with your elementary background, just as I do, think about with kids. When you say to a kid, when a kid has done something, you know, quote, wrong or made a choice that isn't working well for them, if you say to the kid, what do you think is holding you back or causing the problem? Kids always know, right? Yes. They always do. And the same with us. When we get honest with ourselves and say, what do I think is really, you know, for me, I'm sure you've heard it was wine. And I had to be honest with myself with that and um, drank some wine on New Year's Eve, but not too much. And I haven't had any since, of course, it's January 4th. So that wasn't very long ago. But, you know, I, I drank very little over the holidays. But I knew, I knew that that wine was a problem for me. I was drinking more days than I than I should and more than I should, you know, not like to the point that I was intoxicated, but I knew that it wasn't the best for my body, especially when I figured out I was a slow alcohol metabolizer. That was the information I needed, the data, you know, like like we 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 teachers love that data. As soon as I got that data, I was like, okay, there's the data. My body is slow at processing alcohol. It's not serving me. So it was very easy to make that choice when I had that data. So yes. drives instruction, it drives it intervention as well. So I definitely know that I, I actually reached out. What was the doctor back in? Dr. Jones. A, yes. And of course, I know you said stated on a recent podcast that he was overwhelmed. He was. And, yeah. So I'm really looking for other options because I do not that I need that, but I think because I've had my blood glucose, it's it's been stabilized and Never any high, never in the 90s, I may be getting a little comfortable. And I think if I could see the insulin numbers right. and other that that will help. But because you said, and you're such a great example because you've lost the weight. It's been out for six years. Yeah, I hit my goal in the spring of 2015. So spring, by the time this episode comes out, it'll be March. I will be hitting my fifth year anniversary of hitting my goal. Yeah. Yeah, six, right? No, six, six, sorry. Math, my math is bad. 2020 is a blur. You're right, six. (laughs) But the beautiful thing is that you're still looking for ways to tweak just your health. It's for health now, yeah. 
hearing you say that, even though I hear you all the time, I just take it as a challenge. And so I'm going to schedule later to come back on next January. And I know that my weight will be down significantly because I'm going to commit to just decreasing significantly the amount of sugar that I intake. Because I don't drink, I don't drink it. I drink water, but I know that that payday or two every day is uh, not yeah. benefiting my goals. It probably isn't, but it, it is a process. For me, it's been such a process. My only goal for the first couple of years was to lose weight and, and keep the weight off. But then the better I felt, the more I started to look into more, you know, other things and, you know, how can I feel even better? How can I age even better? And, you know, I think I look better at 51 than I did in, in my 30s. Wow, yes, you look amazing. And I, I don't just mean looking better like, you know, fitting into smaller pants. <laughs> I'm yes. talking about the way that, you know, my eyes shine and, and, you know, my skin and all of that. Yes, and that's something I come here is like, you have a glow or are you expecting or th- no, <laughs> expecting great things, not a baby. <laughs> yes. You're so, over yeah. 40 now, so that would I, be. Yes. <laughs> We're, mean, we're not working on that. It could happen, <laughs> but you're right. Yeah. <laughs> this episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, the coldest case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Every day, our world gets a little more connected, but a little further apart. But then, there are moments that remind us to be more human. Thank you for calling Amica Insurance. Hey, uh, I was just in an accident. Don't worry, we'll get you taken care of. At Amica, we understand that looking out for each other isn't new or groundbreaking. It's human. Amika, empathy is our best policy. So thank you for that, that just an encouragement. And even with the dates and peanut butter, I will give that a try. You can do it. It'll it'll fill that, you know, the need for something sweet, but in a, in a natural way, because the dates have the fiber in there too and the peanut butter as well. And you don't need very many. You just have a couple of those. And, you know, I would put them on a little plate, like set out a plate, put, you know, four dates and a little bit of peanut butter on each. And it just tastes like it's an amazing sweet treat. Yeah, you don't want to eat them dried out of the bag with the jar next to you because that could be dangerous. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so how about the people around you? You said you've you have a little support group. Are they also doing intermittent fasting or how many people? Yes. It's well, in my the our accountability group, there's four of us. Mm-hmm. My husband has dabbled. And it, he pretty much is a natural intermittent fat. He can eat one meal a day, just not always the healthiest meal. And he he maintains his weight well. He's overweight, but he maintains it well. So just trying to get him a little more active and moving. My daughter, who's 16, she she's just learned to, instead of eating from six in the morning until 10 at night, she's learning to just kind of 
scale back the hours, realizing she's not. So just impacting her. I think that's part again about me extending my reach. The more, the more that people ask, the more I share. Right. But I'm not ready to be the spokesperson yet because I know pretty much the people I'm around, they want to see all right. the results. They could care less about my lab papers. They want to see, wow, when you lose the weight, oh, how did you do that? Then it just gives me more of a platform at that time. When so they I share, share it. Yeah. Yeah. When they, but they, they see that you're looking slimmer and more vibrant right now. They do see that. Yes. Oh, but so I think just process- significant. You know how some people, that, even you said to your coworker where it's like, you have been lo- I think you had lost the weight. And then one day he was like, what's different? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I, at that point, I'd lost 75 pounds. It was the PE teacher. And he said, not to be rude, but <laughs> have you lost some weight? I'm like, yes, 75 pounds. <laughs> that was so just funny. He wasn't those, sure. He couldn't tell. <laughs> I'm looking for those moments. But yes, those who are closest to me, especially my husband who gets to see every everything, notices it. And so for me to have his attention, that's that's like the masses because... He's a skeptic of everything. Oh, <laughs> mine too. <laughs> Is your husband in the sciences in any way? What What does he do? What's his? He's word? a USDA inspector. The okay, <laughs> see, USDA inspector, yeah. scientist. <laughs> yes, I am. There are skeptics, those scientists out there. So when my husband finally bought into the science behind intermittent fasting, that was that was a big moment for me. Just like, okay, he's he's a believer. So I've probably shared it. And in and, and purchase books for about 10 people, people will ask, but a lot of people, they won't, they still want the quick fixes. Right. And so, and I tell them it's, it's a journey and it's a lifestyle. And a lot of people are looking for just something quick. Give something me something instant. I can take, mm-hmm. something I can. And it's like, no, it's a journey of researching yourself and finding what works for you. Well, I love your mindset and your positive spirit. You know, we see that with teachers as well so so often because, you know, we want to teach our children to think that way and our kids. And we, we I, th- I think people with a positive mindset are the most effective counselors and teachers because it rubs off on our students. And I think it's important to heal from the inside out because what good I, I often say, I don't see scales at people's funerals. I don't see them like weighing people making your life count and, and feeling good about the life that you're living. That's more important than anything outer. Because oh, yeah. again, I think it's just my, um, it's prefaced by my life and what I saw. So I almost used to despise like makeup and despise like that's so superficial, but no, I've learned it's okay, but let that be a reflection of what's on the inside. You're not trying to cover it up. You're not trying to conceal it. You're just Enhancing. Enhancing. That's a good way of putting it. You know, I put on makeup every day, even if no one's going to see me but my husband. I I do my hair and (laughs) put on real clothes, (laughs) which I think is something, you know, during the during the pandemic, when people have worked from home, you know, it's it's actually become more of a struggle for a lot of people. Were your your schools closed down for a while? Yes, we closed in, in March. And so actually... Ended up being just a time for uh, resetting and reflection. A lot of people around me, we had a, a lot of loss and, and sickness, but our family, we were we were blessed to be able to reconnect more and just spend more time with one another. And again, for myself, just learning more about myself. So I can't say I sh- struggled as much. It was actually a needed 
Well, well, you saw the the blessing and the rest. And I, I think that is what all of us can look back on 2020 and see that it did cause us to prioritize in a different kind of a way. You know, instead of feeling we need to be running, running, running and keeping up with everybody else, we realized that what we needed to do was reconnect you know, with our families, with ourselves, even. It sounds like you reconnected with yourself and your family. Yes, even more so, because that's been a journey as well. Just finding me and standing in tune with who I am through every, all of the transitions in life. My daughter started driving this year. One of my daughters went to middle school this year. So just learning to roll with each transition in grace, because I haven't always been able to do that. Okay. I always end up at the ledge. But the last time I was at the ledge that led me to... Um, DDD was, I was fearful that I wouldn't survive another ledge. Right. That, that's huge. But I, I love that you call it the ledge because, you know, we, there are many names for it, you know, the turning point, you know, whatever your, you know, your come to Jesus meeting. That's what we say down here in the South, right? <laughs> but, but it's the same thing. It's that moment, that turning point when you realize I got to change. And I, I remember when mine was, and you've got to, I think you really need that moment. Yes. To say, okay, I've got to make the change. And then, you know, all of us seem, once we had that moment, we just kept on. Yes, right. And we found that dedication within us. And that's key. Yes. That's the bulk of my why, is that I never want to get back to there. Um, So, because that was a scary place. It really, it really is. And you feel so out of control. Yes. And like, you know, there's nothing, like like you just are, are just like, you know, existing almost. If I don't know if I'm explaining that very yeah. well, but <laughs> that's it. <laughs> yeah. So, what are some of your non-scale victories that you've had? I know you talked about you've lost the size, but other other non-scale victories. Just being more active, willing to try new things. I haven't owned a bike my entire adult life, and someone on a podcast a few episodes ago talked about. I think he's a purchasing a bike or. Enjoying a bike. So I brought me a bike. Just be more adventurous with my overall health. Just uh, just getting out more and more active and feeling good about it. The energy is it's just amazing. Again, oh, yeah. I'm still, you know, I'm still large. I still have excess weight, but I get around with my girls probably better than them at times. And so <laughs> I enjoy that. Again, the just the emotional balance. I, I feel so balanced and at peace just with where I am in life and enjoy my journey, understanding that it's a, it's a lifelong, but I, I'm enjoying every minute of it. And just the difference that I can make in others, mm-hmm. just in sharing my story, not just about weight loss, but sharing my story of uh, holistic health, just finding a holistic health and knowing that I can speak from it in a place of just authenticity. I'm not just sharing something I read out of a book. I'm sharing with someone what I live. So I'm enjoying that. Again, just the the need to maximize every moment. I, I feel I, I recently wrote a um, devotion about the limited minute plan. And you can have a false sense that everything can be extended or endless or bottomless or forever. And unfortunately, our life isn't. And so I'm constantly saying, hey, let's make it count. All we have is now let's make it count. How are you going to make your day count? Yes, we were fortunate to see 2021, but how are we making even these first four, three and four days of the year count? So again, that's a, that is a, a lesson that the pandemic has taught all of us this year is, is making those moments count and knowing that, you know, the, the fear of, oh gosh, you know, things are not in our control. 
Yes. And and the world is as, can be a scary place. Yeah. So having a focus of what you can control, which right. is very little. Which you talked about earlier. <laughs> yeah. Very little. It's I true. can control my window that I eat. I can control, you know, the physical activities I engage in. I can control those small things. But you can't, can't control, control what the scale tells you. No. <laughs> can't control. Yeah. Yeah. Focusing on what I can control. And I have not had a ledge experience since I've been in this lifestyle, sincerely. You've not and had, I, I missed, what did you say? I said I have not had another ledge experience. Oh, ledge. Oh, good. Since I've been in this lifestyle. I'm so glad. You just felt that piece of, I've found this. This is how I'm going to live. And you just kind of let it go. Let it go. And taking in all of the knowledge, the nuggets, the resources, it's, it's a lot. And yeah. it can be overwhelming. Oh, but yeah. it's amazing just to take in those different things and say, okay, I can make this adjustment or this month I'm going to focus on this. And I love it. But no matter what, it's still a study of one. You learn from everyone and then take the lessons that apply to you and go with those. That's the beauty of that. Yes. And and not, you know, that you, I've said this before. Someone could follow me around and do exactly what I do and have completely different results. And it's just about, about being your own study of one. And running your own race. I've learned so many times I've been there to show, and I've showed up to everyone else's race. And I realized I wasn't running my own, but oh, I'm running cool. my own race. That's the best. I, that's a, yeah, we show up to everyone else's race and we're just not running our own race. That's a good analogy. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Um, so we are coming towards the end here. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I think one thing, and I may have learned this um, in something I've read, but one thing that was helpful for me in closing my window, I needed something. I love the fasting apps because, again, pressing that button, it was right. like I refused to go back in and reset it. Yeah. But I also would brush my teeth and, and put mouthwash because that is the that taste. I don't want anything. So I always encourage people, if you're struggling with closing your window and you have this set time, brush your teeth well and just use mouthwash and it makes a difference. My um, husband does that, by the way. Yeah, Even though he's still got a loose, you know, window. Once he's brushed his teeth, it doesn't matter what I've got. I'm like, would you like, he's like, no, I've already brushed my teeth. He yeah. will not put something else in his <laughs> mouth after that. That is something, because I listened to everyone's yeah. advice and I hadn't really heard that. And I said, I want to make sure I share that one. Also, especially during the extended fast, feasting on the fats as well as knowledge. Um, I found that during those extended fast time, just utilizing the resources you've given and provided, that helps make a difference. Just reading and learning more. Looking for support or creating your own support. Um, I know a lot of people have created their own groups and, and such, so I think that's important. And make sure you're using several measures. And people always say that, such as uh, beyond the scale, right. such as a belt. Someone use watch, right. gold clothing, pictures. All that you can, as, as many as possible, to see your progress in some area. So that's, that's what I... Look for progress beyond the scale. That's um, Use the scale as a data, but have other measures to support your progress. And I think you've said it before. If you're improving in one, yep. that's an improvement. Absolutely. Joyce Meyer once said, even if you fall on your face, <laughs> you're still moving forward. There you're you moving go. in the right direction. That's right. So keeping a healthy mindset. That mindset is everything. We know that as educators, but yes. mindset makes or breaks you in really everything. Everything. Because I'm a believer that where your mind goes, your body follows. Absolutely. 
Well, Tiffany, I have enjoyed this so very much. I have enjoyed you too. And just thank you for allowing me to share a portion of my story and giving us a platform to share. Well, I'd thank like to come so over much. there in Alabama one day and hug your neck. Because <laughs> I feel we were, you know, the place where I taught for five years is the county that touches your county where you live. Yes. So we were neighbors for five years. Didn't even know it. Didn't even know it. I look forward <laughs> to meeting you one day soon. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Hey, listeners, it's Will Arnett. Our podcast, Smartless, has crossed a milestone that seemed unfathomable when we started nearly four years ago as we've just released our 200th episode. Join us as we welcome that dynamic duo of hilarity, Steve Martin and Martin Short. You've seen them on screen together in The Three Amigos, Father of the Bride 1 and 2, and most recently, and Only Murders in the Building. Both are comedic geniuses in their own right, but together they are always electric. And this episode of Smartless is no exception. I don't know if I've laughed more in a single episode than this one. We discuss their career arcs both separately and as a comedy team, how they met, who is more difficult to work with, and what motivates them today. Is Steve a better banjo player than Marty as a singer? Find out on this bicentennial episode of Smartless. Follow Smartless in the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Plus, you get to hear Sean cry. What a loser! What a loser!